back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. In our last episode, you know, we really hit on the value-driven investor way. And I thought, you know what, Grando, I think we gotta just give it to them. Like, they have to be asking themselves, what is the value-driven investor way? What's our game plan? Like, why do I even want to know about how this community can benefit me that you guys are gonna be supposedly launching in the near future? And today, that's what we're gonna talk about. Obviously, we got our good buddy, Bob Grand on today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Crush it. Crush it every yeah, day. Yeah, today I think, you know, we're going to try to our best to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter. You know, uh, we're trying we to stick around off. that 30 to 45 minutes because we, we value your time. Today, we're going to go right into it. And we're going to yeah. skip talking about what Bob and I have going on because I think you guys know what we're doing. And I really want to spend the time talking about the value of an investor way and what it's all about. And who is it going to benefit? It's going to benefit for us right now, the target market that we're trying to talk to, the person out there, the biggest problem that we're trying to solve are the people that Bob and I can relate with the most, which is the real estate agent. That licensed real estate agent that's been in the game for a while, call it two, three, four years, whatever, maybe 10, doesn't matter. Yeah. And they're out there saying, you know what? There has to be a better way. I can see change. I can see the tidal wave coming what am I going to do about it? And that's where the debate of an investor versus an agent, because every real estate agent is definitely thinking to themselves in the back of their mind, man, I should be investing in real estate if they aren't already, man. What if I was an investor instead of a real estate agent, man, is there a better way? And that's what we're going to talk about right off the bat. There's going to be three topics that we're talking about today. And I want to list those off now so that you know what we're going to get into if you invest the next 30, 45 minutes with us. Number one, we're going to talk about investor versus agent. Who are you? Which one is better? The next thing we're going to talk about is relationships because relationships equal trust and trust is built off of consistency. What does that mean? And then the third big pillar post that we're going to hit on is Return on investment, that equals value. And value equals the value-driven investor way, which we're going to go deeper into what is the value-driven investor way? What is it that you and Bob actually do? What are you talking about? So Grando, let's go back to the investor versus agent. You know agents are out there no matter how long they've been in the business. You and I have been doing this for a long time and we probably still ask ourselves this question because we are an investor. We are licensed Mm -hmm. agents. What are people thinking and what are your thoughts around, hmm, I'm an investor. Hmm, I'm an agent. Well, if I'm an agent, why can't I be an investor? How should that work? Right. 
Yeah, I think that's that's probably a very logical question for most people to ask. Uh, you know, real estate investing is super sexy for a lot of people, right? It's a cool thing to do. It's cool to say you're an investor. Saying you're a realtor, you know, realtor or real estate agent tends to have a little bit of a negative persona with it, you know, because they see you as a salesperson. So it's kind of up to you as how you want to be seen, right? But if I were a real estate agent and I am a real estate agent, it's it's best for me to focus on what I know. I know housing, I know this, I know that, you know, about selling homes, listing homes. So I have a leg up there. Plus I have all the information at my fingertips to be successful as a real estate investor. It's just taking that plunge and going to the other side and saying, I'm going to focus on this. And why would you focus on it? Is If you're an agent, you would focus on it because number one, you know, real estate investing, creating passive income is the best source of income you can have. So you should be focusing in your real estate career is starting out your, you know, year two, three, four, thinking, how can I now start adding these assets? Yes, you can add a 401k, you can be putting money away and an IRA and all that stuff. But what do most people do that want to build generational wealth? They buy assets that are real estate based that they can keep for the long term. So if I am a real estate agent, I would think for my retirement, the best thing to do would be focusing on investing. Even if you don't go to a colossal level like you're doing, or maybe like I'm trying to do, you know, at least you could start, you know, every two, three, four years, add a nice investment to your portfolio. And then when you want to retire out and do that, that's an amazing, you know, retirement that you could have. If you're an investor, the number one disadvantage that I see for investors is they don't have access to the information that real estate agents have access to. And I can tell you what, I can look at a property and Somebody will say, hey, I want to cash buy. I can look at it within 30 minutes. I can have so much information. I can see their last sales price. And yet they, people say, well, I can get all that information too. Not as easy as I can. I can go to MLS. I can go to County Records because I'm already plumbed into it. You know, um, I can go to a lot of different resources that give me that ability to look at investments way quicker and I can respond faster. And then if I'm taking something and I'm going to go through and I'm going to fix it up, I can then take it back to the market with my own company and put it back on the market. And so I save a lot of time and I save a lot of money by having that process all wrapped up in one. So to me, it just makes perfect sense. And I didn't know this, you know, for the last couple of years, I didn't really quite understand that until I wanted to get into real estate investing. And then like the puzzle pieces just all aligned. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm controlling the whole game. You know, it's like because I'm an investor and I'm an agent, which is well, freaking awesome. And you nailed it, man. It's so. it, it is that. It's like you are looking through the lens of an agent and you don't know what it's like to look through the lens of a of an investor, right? Yeah. You know that you potent you know the benefits because you're you're a real estate agent and you're probably a successful real estate agent. You know the benefits of being a real estate investor yeah. from a tax perspective, from you know, an equity perspective, from a value perspective, from a design perspective, from a resale perspective. I mean, right. you have all this instinct around real estate, but yet you still have not taken the leap into becoming a real estate investor. And you were right. there, Grando. You were there yeah. not a couple years ago. So this is like fresh. Yeah. Like you can talk about yeah. this transition clear as day because you are, you, you just went through it, right? Now, right. what I want to yeah. talk about is, there's an agent that I work with and this was back a while ago and he was an older agent. He had been in the business for 15, 16, 17 years and I sat down with him because he was very successful and I said, I'm a young gun. I want to do the right things. What is one of the biggest mistakes that I could learn from that you made? And he looked mm -hmm. back and he goes, wow, that's a good question. 
<laughs> that is a good question. And I said, and he said, Save let me think about years. that. And he sat there and I mean, you know, he's probably easily in his fifties, late fifties, sixties. Yeah. Um, and he was just, you could tell he was thinking about getting out of the game because money wasn't a problem because he was successful. And so he didn't have anything to hide. And if anything, his legacy was to tell me the right answer so that I could do better or I could learn from maybe a mistake that he thought he made. Yeah. So after, after thinking about it, like literally silence in the room and he's just thinking about it, he came back and he goes, I should have invested in real estate. I'm like, what? You didn't invest wow. in real estate? He said, no. He goes, wow. all the knowledge, all the experience, I knew I wanted to. I always told myself I was going to. I, I knew all the benefits. I knew other people that did it. I knew other agents that did it, but I never did. I said, why? He goes, I was just happy making the good money I was making servicing people and doing transactions. So I never got in. I was always focused on that and I never got into real estate investing. Wow. I said, that was your biggest mistake. He goes, yeah, that was definitely my biggest mistake. My biggest regret because I would have been in even a better spot than I am today. And he said, I would have even been able to hand something down and had that legacy that I, you know, I do have with my, you know, house and some of the things I can give away. But he goes, you know what I mean? And I said, and I just smiled and I said, that's exactly why I got into real estate because I want to be a real estate investor. And he goes, Tim, don't ever lose focus on that. He goes, yeah. I can already tell you're going to be able to do well as a real estate uh, salesperson or a realtor, but he goes, don't lose focus of that passion and that dream. He goes, I would tell you that was one of the mistakes I made. And I was wow. just like, bam, I'm like, wow, because I can avoid a mistake that a very successful agent who is very, it had nothing to do with money, but he still looked back and he said, wow. And that's what we're talking about today. That's the value driven investor way is that you can do both, right Grant? I mean, you can yeah. still be an agent and you can still be an investor. So you don't yeah. have to give anything up. You actually get to create right. something that's even more powerful. And Bob just laid it out there. The puzzles were on the table. I started putting them together and I realized, oh my gosh, I am the master of my domain. I yeah. can do anything in the real estate world when it comes to residential. There you go. Yeah, it, it makes it so much easier, you know, in the end. And I, say, say you're trying to figure out how to get on this path. Maybe you start out if you're an investor partnering with an agent, right? And you're like, you're close knit and you start working that angle just to start putting those pieces of the puzzle together. Or if you're an agent and you're not quite sure how to, you know, jump to be an investor, then you start working with an investor, right? So you start figuring those things out. That was one of the switches we made in our company. We started saying, we want to focus on investors so we understand how to invest. So the year before we did our own deal, we worked with an investor, we were helping him buy stuff, we were doing things, understanding what he's thinking, what deals look good to him, this and that. That year was super beneficial just by having that focus in our real estate sales side of stuff. So that way we're like, we can do this. We can you start are who you hang around. If you wanna yes, be an investor, yes. you better find investors that hang around. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. wanna be successful, you better find other people that are successful for you to hang around. If you wanna be uh, successful in real estate, you better find other people that are already successful that are willing to show you the way. That's the value-driven investor right here, right sure. now. That's this podcast. Exactly. Now, Grando, let's go into it. I think we've made our, you know, and if you guys have questions, hit us up. Go to our right. Facebook page, message us, Hit us mm -hmm. up because that's what we want to hear. If you need to know more, if we haven't gone deep enough around this on anything we talk about today, hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know what else you want to know about. Mm -hmm. Grando, with that said, the hybrid approach, 
the value-driven investor way. What are we doing? And I want you to explain it because it's so fresh, that transition. And I'm the one that's always talking about this stuff. I want you to explain it. Like the value-driven investor way, what is so special about it? Well, the value-driven investor way, I mean, understanding if you're an agent investor or vice versa, working back and forth, I mean, is it is essentially a way to differentiate yourself from the rest of the community, right? So when you think of you're a real estate agent, you're out there slinging houses, you're doing your thing, this and that, you know, there's these looming things that are coming, you know, uh, you know, from the background that we talked about yesterday, you know, commissions getting crunched, you know, eye buyers coming in, you know, so that's a big fear for a lot of agents. So the value driven investor way is a great way for agents to regain control, you know, of their life, of their livelihood to ensure they have a clear path for the future. And if you're an investor, it also helps you do the exact same thing. So the value driven investor way truly, you know, it comes down to, you know, building those relationships in your local community to be successful as a real estate agent, as a real estate investor. I mean, it's, it's really simple, but a lot of people miss that. You know, they, they don't focus, people tend to focus on leads, you know, people tend to focus not on the person and the problem at hand and being empathetic to the situation that somebody's in, you know, right down to the empathy of, you know, they need to get their home listed so they can move across the country. There's a lot that's involved in that. Some agents are like, cut and dry. We'll list your home and it's a process factory. You know, us, we want to know more about them. And I always say to a lot of people, I go, you know, there's a, a a very low probability of me working with you if I don't know who you are and what makes you tick, right? We want to get to know you. Like, we're not just going to go, you know, look for somebody to just go work with, just to work with anybody. We have to build a relationship, but it's a two-way street for us. You know, we don't want to work with the wrong people. We want to work with the right people. So, same thing on the investment side of things, you know, it's building that relationship, building that trust and having that, you know, um, with people in your community. So they know, like we get sent all the time, investment, potential investment opportunities from people in our community. Like, Hey, this might be a good deal for you guys. Why? Because we have relationships that are out there and people think about us. So that's people know your character, you know, people yeah. know you, the Bob's character. Bob is just, yeah. you know, he's just a good dude. And, and he treats yeah. people right. And that's, that's the key. And that's, so that's the first big pillar post of why the value driven investor way, why get involved yeah. in this community once we finally open the doors. And right. there's a couple bullet points that go under it because number one, relationships equal trust. But trust is built off of consistency, okay? You don't just get trust, you know? And I tell my kids this all the time, and I have two daughters, and I say, you don't, somebody doesn't just trust you, You, including your parents. Yeah. I'm not just going to trust that you're going to (laughs) come home on time. I'm not going to just trust that when you say you're going to put your phone down, because you've been on your phone for the last eight hours, and I think it's best that you don't, sit on your phone for the next eight hours that when you tell me I'm going to put my phone down, dad, you put your phone down. Right. Okay. I'm going to trust that after you have consistently done what you said you're going to do. And you're my daughter. I told her, if you think that trust is unconditional, that you don't have to earn it. I said, well then break somebody's trust and see how hard it is to get back. Mm -hmm. And she's learning that lesson very slowly but very surely. And so value driven investor (laughs) makes every decision focused on the relationship first, 
because trust is not given, it's earned. Strong, everlasting relationships are earned through consistency as people realize who you are, what you believe, and the principles you live your life by. They start trusting you because they're watching you. And through watching you and your consistency, that trust is earned. And then over the course of time, the trust you earn develops into a relationship you can trust. And if you want to question what I'm talking about, and if you want to question this core principle that we have at the Value Driven Investor, then I, I urge you to watch your kids. And I urge your kids to watch you. Because if that isn't the most important relationship we all have, which is a parent to a child and a child to a parent, I promise you there's parents that don't have trust with their kids or they don't trust their kids and vice versa. There's kids who don't trust their parents. And so the question is why? And the answer is because it hasn't been earned. And that is fundamental. And that is exactly what one of the pillars that the value driven investor way is built on the fundamental way of earning trust through consistency, which that trust then builds a trusting relationship. And I promise you this, as you get to know us more and more, because the podcast is going to be going on forever um, until one of us decides to walk away from it or both of us pass away. <laughs> yeah. uh, I plan on having this thing going on forever. <laughs> that, that is where, you know, you guys have listened to us long enough. The consistency. You guys will not trust us unless Bob and I are consistent and we will never have a relationship unless you guys have finally decided to trust us. And if you decide to come in to our community, but Bob, what do you have to say about that as a founding principle of the value driven investor way relationship equals trust and trust equals consistency? Yeah. What I would say to that is, you know, when you put that first, when you put somebody's best interest first, it's a rapid way to build trust and a relationship with somebody. When you walk into a house and, you know, you want to make a cash buy, but the best thing for them to do is list it. And you tell them that, and they want a cash buy, but you're like, you should list it. You're going to get more money. Well, I mean, what do you think that does? It, it builds a relationship and trust. They're like, wow, this is different. This person actually cares. They're not just here for to make this money, they're here for me to figure out my situation. And it's just like, I like to say, it's like, you know, it's just advanced problem solving, but when you focus on the relationship first and how can you bridge that gap with somebody, I think that's the most important thing. And, and a lot of people miss that, you know, they, they tend to treat people, like I said, as leads and stuff like that. And they remove the, the, the emotional aspect to it, but people are very emotional about everything, especially when it comes to their homes, you know, and their livelihood and things like that. So when you're focused there. And, and that's why I think it's such an important founding principle for us in this community, because when people come into the community, you know, we're doing the exact same thing. You know, we're trying to build the relationship, you know, we're trying to build trust with them uh, through consistent actions that allow us to grow together. You know, we want to be around like-minded people who believe in the exact same principle that we believe in because then they're going to go and do it with other people in the community and keep growing and growing and growing. And it'll be a huge community when it's, you know, said and done until like you said, we walk away or something like that, but you know, us, that's probably not going to happen. So, well, and Bob, you know, too, yeah. that both of us have been involved in tons of different kinds of communities yeah. with tons of different entrepreneurs 
and mm-hmm. are, we're always looking to try to grow and find the right people to put ourselves around. Yeah. And I think that's when we really discuss like, what are our founding principles that this had to be one of the number one most important founding principles, because we yeah. found that the communities that we were in dissolved, fell apart, or we left because it wasn't consistent. It was like, yeah. you're saying one thing and then you're doing another thing. And then what am I supposed to expect? And then how do you, how do I trust that if you tell me this, that I know it's going to happen because, you know, and, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's why you and I looked at it and said, you know what, we got, we have to, we have to be consistent. Like we have to be consistent. Otherwise, how are we going to have trust over the long haul and how are we going to build relationships? And so that was why we had this as one of the fundamental uh, principles. And you know what? I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that anyone that ever joins this community, Bob or I included, are perfect. There is no yeah. such thing as perfection and yeah. everybody makes mistakes, but it's how you handle those mistakes. It's the communication when mistakes happen and it's how everyone learns from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I would tell you this, the more transparent you are when you fail, that is consistency because everybody knows we are all human. So let's move on to the next thing. Return right. on investment equals value and value equals the value-driven investor way. As an agent and as an investor, as a expert in the real estate world, you know that you have to create value in order to solidify your worth. What does that mean? At the end of the day, if you're a real estate agent, you are going out there selling your expertise, your expertise on marketing a property, your expertise on valuing a property, your expertise on negotiating a contract, your expertise on your understanding of the contract, your expertise on the process. As an investor, you're going out there and you're trying to find a product. So you're, you're, using your expertise on hunting down a new project, your expertise on valuing that project, your expertise on negotiating a good offer so that you can buy the product at the right price, your expertise on putting the right team together, your expertise on adding the right value so that you can maximize your return on investment so that you can use your expertise to market that property. So you can use your expertise to get maximum value and sell that property at the top dollar and obviously give you yourself a great return on investment. That's what you're doing as an agent. That's what you're doing as an investor. And I can tell you this, it merges together seamlessly. Now like is Rubik's cube. go ahead, bud. It's like a Rubik's cube coming together, dude. When you like tick, 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 it all just locks right in perfectly. And you're just and so our actions as value driven investors separate us from the competition. We talked about that. Look around. You have all kinds of tech companies trying to invade the real estate space. One does this, another does that. This one will solve your financing problems while another will make an offer on the spot for a property. The problem is for the family trying to sell a home, buy a home and do everything in between, who will help them every step of the way? Who knows every move like the back of their hand and is willing to treat people the way they want to be treated? Bob, I want to go into this because I think I love that. this core point underneath return on investment and the value driven investor way is this. I have worked with so many families 
on just doing transacting a purchase or a sale. Now for the last 10 years, I've worked with a lot of families and I currently am working with a lot of families on a way more complicated transition, which is mm -hmm. I need to sell my house. I want to build a house. I want to redevelop a house. I want to find that <laughs> redeveloped house. I want yeah. to tear that house down. I want to know that it's going to be perfect. I want you to design it. I want it to all be within this price point. And who's going to be the guys to do it? And who's going to be my designer and my architect? And who's going to close it? And who's going to finance it? And I mean, I could go on for probably a whole podcast for 45 minutes on everything that's involved <laughs> in the process, right? right? Do you think that a tech company, do you think that some conglomerate can actually help someone all the way through that whole process? And do you think someone would actually work with me if they didn't trust me? And, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and that's the point is, is the point yeah. is this. Tim, get to it. The point is this. Get to it. <laughs> Bob and I have so much expertise as an agent and as an yeah. investor that that combination is so valuable to people in the right market. There is no way that they're going to question, and they never have questioned me, that what I'm being compensated is not worth it as long as I am working from a position of trust, consistency, and relationship. And yeah. as long as I'm doing what's in their best interest and have that core principle in mind, I can tell you this, there's not many people that do what we do. Yeah, so true. And we are very unique. And Warren Buffett always said, differentiation is the key to value, which is the key to success. And that is what we're doing in the value driven investor way is we are differentiating ourselves from everyone else because we are able to bring more expertise and value in multiple, to, multiple different ways as an investor and as an agent. And we are actually showing consistency because we are putting our money where our mouth is when we put projects in the neighborhoods these people want to do projects in. And yeah. next thing you know is boom, they're like, well, you're the guy I got to talk to. And so you're able to not only grow your real estate investment business as like me, an infill developer, but you're also able to grow your relationships and you're able to grow your real estate sales business because you're taking a true pronged approach. Grando, yeah. fill us in on what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, it, it reminds me of a story that happened just the other night, you know, uh, when I was sitting, I'm sitting in a restaurant with my wife, Shelly. And this guy keeps poking his head around the corner. She's like, I think that guy's looking at you. I was like, huh? I was like, yeah, I think that guy's like looking at you. I kind of realized it. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, I do recognize him. And he comes over. He's like, hey, man. He goes, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you helped me sell or help me buy my house back in like 2014. I go, yeah, I remember the house on 18th. You still live in that house. He's like, he goes, yeah. He goes, I still own that house. He goes, I moved out onto some family property, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's like, are you still selling house? I go, yeah, I go have a company there. You know, I'm not like on the street level. So that, and, and he goes, Hey, you know, uh, I go, but I'm more focused on the investing. He's like, Oh, he goes, that sounds awesome. He goes, I'd like to learn how to be able to do that. I go, well, hit me up anytime. You know, we can chat about that. He's like, I definitely will. He goes, he said this, you know, in the end he said, he goes, you really helped me. He goes, I didn't know who you were. He goes, but, uh, you had my best interests at heart. Like, and I could tell that. And he goes, we were working with a lot of buyer's agents at the time. Cause I was predominantly a buyer's agent. He said, he goes, but you focused, you know, on what I needed and what made sense. And you were very conscious of what my monthly mortgage payment was going to be, you know, and nobody else would do that. They were kind of pushy, like, well, just make the offer, do this, go over. It's okay. You can afford it. He's like, but you stuck with it and made it happen and then worked the thing all the way through to the end, you know, and he goes, and I truly, he goes, I really remember that. And he goes, that's why, 
like in the random restaurant, I didn't even remember the guy's name. You know, I was like, yeah, look me up so he could reconnect because I was horrible at follow up. You know, like people like us just work deals and then just throw them into the air. Right. And now I'm like, oh, man, I want to go back and like reconnect with all these people because there's probably a lot of business that I've left that I, because I haven't reconnected with them, you know. And so I was like, yeah, you know, look me up. But but I was like sitting there thinking, it's like, I don't remember his name, but he completely remembers who I am. And I think that, you know, is like one of the, the main takeaways, you know, when you, when you focus, like, you know, like what exactly. Well, you made an impact about. in his life, a positive impact yeah. in his life, both, both like as, from so. a core principle standpoint, but also yeah. financially, I'm guessing you made a core impact in his life as well. Yeah. So people, how do you forget about people that do stuff like that for you? Yeah, I guess you don't, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like a good experiences, really great experiences, you know, and then really bad experiences tend to be stuck in your mind, you know? And so when you see it, but I thought it was just so cool that the guy like, went out of his way, you know, in this restaurant to come over and be like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's been a while. And like wanted to reconnect, you know? And so I thought I was just like, man, that's super awesome. And then including his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife brought her back over and was like, Hey, you know, and she's like, Oh yeah, you're great. This and that. I was like, to me, I didn't think I did anything, but just did what I was supposed to do, you know? And, and, but it always came down you know, it's a principle that I learned in the fire service. You know, you treat people with empathy, you treat people with respect, dignity, and you always look out for them. You know, you're, you're not a wolf, you're a sheepdog, you know, like looking out for the herd of sheep and protecting the sheep. You know, I don't want to say people are sheeps, but, you know, thinking like that, you know, you're protecting the flock from the bad influences. But it, it doesn't like matter. That. You can call it a sheep. It's an analogy because when yeah. I drive my car into to get fixed, even if it's yeah. an oil change, I'm a sheep all day long. Yeah. Like, I don't even barely know how an engine works. Like, I, I just <laughs> yeah. don't even yeah. care about it. So, yeah, yeah, we're all sheep in one context or another yeah. because we can't know everything about everything. And that's why it comes down to, you know, trust and relationships. So you, yeah. you kind of segued into that next big point, which is who can they trust to always have their best interests in mind and treat them like friend, not like opportunity to make money. And that's the biggest thing is like, when I think about these conglomerates and I think about these tech companies, I just truly feel like, yes, they are trying to do what's best for the people. I believe that. Yes, right. they do want to push our society forward and make it a big impact uh, right. on the world. And that's mm -hmm. awesome. But yeah. the world, if you're making an impact on the world, it doesn't necessarily mean you're making an impact on each individual's life. And so really, yeah. they, have in, they have people that are investing in these companies. These tech companies have billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars of investment money. And they have a lot of stress of, I have to pay my investor back or else... I lose. And so they're yeah. focused on the money. Wall Street conglomerates are focused on the money for the same reason. We as a community don't have to worry about the money. We can focus on the people, our people. And that's a big yeah. difference. So the next point is mm -hmm. who has all the resources and connections to create a seamless process focused on building trust and relationships? The conglomerates, do they really have all the resources and connections and relationships like Bob and I have in our local communities, they are building yeah. those resources and relationships. But at the end of the day, Bob and I care about our community more than the conglomerate cares about the community. Because number one, these are our businesses and our businesses yeah. are built off of relationships, which are trust, which equals mm -hmm. compensation. And right. you know what? I can tell you this, I will compensate the guy that I bring my car to seven days of the week 
at whatever price he thinks is fair. If I know that when I pull my car in, he will do what's right for me. Meaning that when I pull my car in and I want to get an oil change, he doesn't come back and give me 12 other things that walks me out the door with $1,200 bill. And then I realize I bring my car in because I didn't trust that guy to another guy. And he says, $1,200, that guy's trying to screw you. You yep. only really need an oil change. And yes, I would do this other thing. So we're probably looking at about 250 bucks. Right. Hmm. Which one am I going to trust more? Well, I'll probably bring my car over to the guy that said 250 bucks because now I know the guy that tried to sell me for 1200 was not yeah. really looking out for my best interest. It's fundamental, right? It's fundamental. Right. And then the next one is, who has all the resources? Wait, no. The next one is, you think the tech companies are focused on building trust and relationships? Or are they built? Or are they focused on money? Do you think Wall Street and the big conglomerates are focused on building trust and relationships, or are they focused on money? These are key things that Bob and yeah. I are thinking through as this tidal wave approaches land. Right? How can we differentiate ourselves from this competition? Because whether we like it or not, they have billions and trillions of dollars. They are our competition. They mm -hmm. could make us as real estate agents as we know it today extinct they could make you wholesalers as you are as you define yourselves today as lead generators and 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 you know um people that go out and find a property and then offer yeah. that property to investors who are actually yeah. gonna remodel it they could right. take you out because you're competing against them right so how do we win the fight the value driven investors are focused on people and the people first because we are focused on people and we are for the people. We believe that that's what people want and that is where the world is going. Bob, I want to touch on that because we are the people and we're for the people. And I truly believe since 2020 with the COVID, people want to live life on their terms more than ever. So and they're good. making transitions so many people I talk about are making transitions and some people are making smaller transitions and other people are making huge transitions like uh, Jim in our community is going from a W2 job to trying to be an entrepreneur and do the value driven investor way. That's a huge transition in his life. Yeah. People want to rally and they're cheering for the small guys, the me, yeah. the Bob Grant and the Tim Murphy. They're not cheering from what I'm seeing. They're not cheering for the Zillow's. They're not cheering for the big banks. They're no. cheering for the cryptocurrency guys. Yeah. Everybody seems to be cheering the for underdog. the little guys because yeah. they realize that the little guys have their best interests in mind and the big guys are trying to rule the world. What are your thoughts on that for the people, by the Dude, people? I love it. I mean, I love the fact like uh, it annoys me when – you know, I look at the, just for example, the Airbnbs in Eugene, Oregon, and my competition is Expedia, Airbnb itself, VRBO, uh, other big corporations who've bought masses of homes that get me lumped in to their BS because they're not taking care of their property, right? Like when we Airbnb our house, we have an amazing experience for people. But also, you know, closer to the university because it's a university area, you could get a really crappy Airbnb that's owned by Expedia and it's a bad experience for somebody. And then there's a party there and then Airbnbs get a negative reputation, you know? So like, you know, to me, it's like, it's better uh, a small person thing versus a big corporation. And it, it just like, I think that people really, understand 
you know, with COVID that local is better, you know, hyper local is the way to go. And why wouldn't you root for the underdog? Why do you want a massive corporation to pay no taxes and be the winner of everything? You know, look at GameStop, for example. It's a great example of, you know, Wall Street and the big hedge funds trying to crush a company down and bet against them. But then you had all these people from Reddit come to the rescue of GameStop and they all said, screw this. We're tired of these hedge funds. We're tired of these people taking everything from us. And which was interesting, I read a really good post about this, about a guy who made a post on Reddit um, you know, focused on GameStop, basically saying you big hedge funds back in 2008, you know, you bought up every house in the real estate market. You didn't help things. You guys created this crisis. He goes, my family went broke. We were eating catch-up packets and making it into tomato soup. He goes, I put all my money into GameStop because of this. And he goes, you know what? You guys can keep trying to push the other way. He goes, but we're all going to hold. We're all going to hold. We're going to hold until you go broke. My dream is that your massive hedge fund goes bankrupt. That's like, I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. That's it's pretty huge. powerful. You know, and that's the shift that we're seeing out there. That's the thing where people are like, screw this, screw the Amazons of the world. Why Jeff Bezos worth $200 billion. You know, you're like, and then, then, you know, then Amazon, you know, doesn't pay taxes, which I understand why they don't pay taxes, but to the normal average person, that's, can be very frustrating. You know, they create a lot of jobs out there. A lot of people pay taxes around Amazon, but still the profit that they make, should they pay something? I think that they should pay a fair amount. You know, it's just kind of like when you look at it. So I think that there's that frustration and it's the squeeze on the middle class and people just trying to, just trying to grow their lives and provide for themselves, feeling that pinch. And they're like, this is BS. I want to focus local. I agree with you, man. And that really goes into the next point, which is we believe if you always choose to do the right thing for people, your people will take care of you through compensation and a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that my relationship with my general contractor, Chris, who I've had for a long time, really sums up that principle because is it easy to have a relationship for both of us with him being the general contractor and me being the developer investor? No, it's never easy to have a relationship like that. It's literally like a marriage. But at the end of the day, we both look at each other and we say, you know what? There's going to be days that I'm not happy with you. And there's going to be days that you're not happy with me. But at the end of the day, I always know I can trust you. I always know you got my back. I always know that if the shit hits the fan, which it has for both of us in deals, that I will not desert you. And honestly, like it doesn't, there's, I can't even put words to what that means. Like it's, yeah. to find something like that is irreplaceable. And that is a mutually beneficial relationship that is through compensation. And I don't say money because the compensation is the trust. Mm -hmm. Like him and I will make money until we decide to die. One of us decides to die or if he retires and, and walks off, we will work with each other and compensate each other because we have a mutually beneficial relationship yeah. You guys, if you can find something like that, if you can find another person, which hopefully most of you have married that other person, literally, yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, like <laughs> Shelly, who Bob yeah. married, I mean, they have yeah. a the definition of a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, That is what we are trying to develop here in the value-driven investor way, in the value-driven investor community. Because just think about this. 
Amazon has built this amazing thing, which you know what, Jeff Bezos, you're a genius and you've built something amazing. And I do think it brings value to the world. And I do think that you deserve what you have. And I do think that in the core of who you are, you're probably trying to do the right thing. But when you get that big, when you get that big, like you're only going to piss people off at some point at some level, right? For sure. Well, okay. The value of an investor. What if we build a community of 10,000 people and they're all out there not looking for money, but they're looking for mutually beneficial relationships where if a byproduct is money, great. If the byproduct is awesome relationships, which they can leverage to benefit them and the other person that they have the relationship with, fantastic. What do you think will happen in the world if we're able to create something like that? What do you think a community of people who are not after anything, but a mutually beneficial relationship can do together, Bob? I think it would be huge. I mean, and that's what excites me the most about this community, because when you're thinking about how can we all grow together, how can we keep growing? I I hope that we uh, have people in here that have more experience than me. I mean, you have more experience than me. We should have 10, 20 people with amazing experience because what does it do? You know, what do they say? I think they say that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. I want to surround myself with five of the most amazing people. And it doesn't have to be in my local area. It can be online. It can be that, but I want to have really amazing relationships with, with great people in order to level up myself. And I think that that's, you know, probably what most people, you know, that would probably join a community like us or that think like us, I should say, you know, people that think like us, they probably are motivated and they are probably always trying to push to the next level and keep growing and understand um, that type of, you know, life, um, and living life on their own terms, you know? And so, you know, I think it'll be awesome when people come on board and focus with us and we all grow together, you know, it's, it's going to be an amazing ride. And really it comes down to this because everyone knows they can't be everything to everyone. We all know that the smartest of us also know how hard it is to find someone great at what they do, whom you can trust and you can depend on. And that's the definition of a community in my mind Mm -hmm. is that a community is powerful and is strong. Silicon Valley is powerful and it's strong and it's become what it is today, which is a world power when it comes to technological innovation because the people in Silicon Valley unite to solve a problem, to build a technology. One programmer cannot build Amazon. Jeff Bezos alone cannot build Amazon. He has to have a huge team of people, a community of people going after the same thing that mutually respect each other and mutually want to make a big difference in the world. That's the value-driven investor way. That's what we're after. So if you want to do something on your own, I wish you the best of luck. If you want to do something with a group of people, who want to create mutually beneficial relationships, who want to change the world in a positive way and who focus on the people for the people because that's where the world's going. Well, then that's what we're doing here at Value Driven Investor is we're focusing on the people for the people and we are in the very beginning and that's why we call it the survival phase. I love it, man. It's going to be an amazing journey. What do we do, Bob? We build out a proven network of amazing people who are focused on taking care of each other because we believe good people do thing, good things together 
is the hardest thing to beat. Good people doing good things together is the hardest thing to beat. Grando, that's all I got to say today. If you got to end it with something, I would love it. But you know what? We are excited about opening the doors to this new community. We still don't know exactly when it's going to happen because we have to get our ducks in a row. But I can tell you this. Hopefully after listening to this podcast, you guys will see what our mission is. You will understand what our mission is. And hopefully through the course of time and the consistency, Bob and I can build your trust. And we thank you for listening to us. Good news. The Value Driven Investor Community opens to founding members on September 15th. Early access to half-off memberships will be available for two weeks only. The VDI community means access. Access to driven and passionate members. Access to workshops that fast-track your investment knowledge. And direct access to Tim Murphy, Bob Grant, and other experts that will answer your questions and guide you through the process of your personal investment opportunities. What does living life on your terms mean to you? The Value Driven Investor Community will take you one step closer to that dream. Apply at valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.